0: Woo! Yeah, I feel bad for not wearing my Fitbit anymore. It's sitting here on my desk, staring at me. It feels like it's judging me whenever I look at it. It's like, why don't you put me on anymore, fat ass? And I'm like, stop it, leave me alone.
1: Welcome to the ARS Technicast, where we bring you the latest in the worlds of computing, technology, science, and everything else in between. During each episode, a group of ARS staffers will dig deep into some of the issues we've covered on the site. We'll also talk about some of the other stuff we're doing when we're not circling the ARS orbiting headquarters. I am your host, Senior Apple Editor, Jackie Chang, and on this week's show we have Reviews Editor, Lee Hutchinson. Hello. And Social Editor, Cesar Torres. Hey there. So uh, this show is about home automation and life automation. And um, we kind of started t- thinking about this because of all the things that we're beginning to collect in our homes that kind of we can control over the Internet and um, do really cool stuff with. And I was uh, I was just telling Cesar, you know, before the show, back in the day, uh, we nerds used to kind of get into the X10 outlets and write programs and little robots to interact with them and there were books about it, and it was really for the kind of home tinkerer type. Um, Nowadays, home automation stuff is becoming more and more consumerized. You know, there's the popular introduction of smart thermostats and smart security systems, um, and even now, stuff like internet-enabled light bulbs and that kind of thing. So that's just the beginning, and on this show, we have some of our most enthusiastic home and life automation nerds. As some of you who read the site know, I recently reviewed the Nest thermostat, and Lee reviewed the um, Philips Wi-Fi light bulbs. But those are only a couple things on the market, and um, I think Lee wants to talk to us about one of the Nest's uh, popular predecessors, the Echo Bee. Um, So, Lee, what makes the Echo Bee, or made the Echo Bee, so great?
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I actually ended up buying the Echo Bee. uh, after an Rs review. Uh, so it's, it's, kind of, it's all coming back. It's like circular. So I bought it because of Ars Technica and now I'm talking about it on Ars Technica, freakishly enough. Um, so the ecobee has been out for a number of years. They actually just released a follow-up version, but the version that I have was their launch product. Uh, and it was, it is an internet enabled thermostat. Uh, and it's kind of the, the draw about it, the thing that made it cool was that it was one of the first smart thermostats that you could both access over the internet and that just wasn't an utter mind-bending pain in the butt to program. Because I don't know if you guys have messed with smart thermostats, like regular smart thermostats before, non-internet enabled ones, but getting a schedule set up and actually making it work. And then once the schedule is set, like invariably there are days where like you take the day off work and you you actually do want the heat to come on, and and or you do want the air conditioning to come on because you're home. Uh, putting those exceptions in was always a huge pain. Fortunately, the original Echo Bee uh, was great. It's totally easy. It's got a nice GUI. Uh, it's very easy to work with. Uh, it's you can check in on the status of your house when it's when when you're out, and you can it's it does a lot of things that the Nest does. It just kind of did them first. Now in comparison to the Nest, the Echo is a lot more of a nerdy, um, more technically-oriented kind of thermostat. It's got a lot more uh, options. You can go in there and fiddle with some of the diagnostics. You can flip on and off your system's fan in diagnostic mode. You can turn on and off various parts of your air conditioning or heating. Uh, it, it's almost like, a comparison is almost like if the Nest is an iPhone, then the Echobee is almost like an Android. So it's it's kind of the same idea, but it's a lot more complicated. You know, well, I made I'm that probably exact gonna get in comparison. trouble for saying that.
1: <laughs> I made that exact comparison in my Nest review. I said something like the Echo Bee was more like Android. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, well there so you go. It's it it's is. It's still on the market, right? I mean, this is still yeah, something that you can. Yeah. It buy. is.
0: So Echo B originally launched just this one, but they have since launched a much more simple uh, and less expensive version. So I think you can get both, and they have institutional ones too. So if you're a if if you want to get one at your company, they have like a one for work that does more stuff. It has can hook up to more units, but yeah, the one that I have is their original one. You can still buy it. Um, It is, uh, I didn't look, so I'm not sure. It's, it's several hundred dollars. It is not like a cheap piece of kit.
1: So, I mean, I think still it's probably more um, just like you just said, uh, you know, you can tweak things, I think, more granularly than you could on something like a Nest. I mean, do you find that to be something that you do often, like tweak the settings and that kind of thing?
0: Not well. okay so sometimes like when I go and change my uh, air conditioning filters, I have a pair of air conditioning filters that are in my ceiling and it's actually really handy to be able to real quick flip the fan on so that the because when you change an air conditioning filter that's in the ceiling when the fan is on and the system is drawing air in, it actually will hold the filter against the intake so that the, you can close the door and the do, and the filter doesn't fall out and hit you in the head. So for that kind of thing, it's handy. Um, I like being able to go in and quickly alter the schedule when I've got, uh, like if I'm gonna be staying home for the day or if my wife has the day off work and we're gonna be around the house instead of going out, we deviate from our main schedule. And doing little quick exceptions is actually quite easy. Um, but as far as getting into, like, really granular control, uh, no. Now, what the Echobee does that I don't know if the Nest does is it has a tremendous, um, uh, like, logging display where you can check and see the to the exact minute how many times the fan and the cooling and heating stages came on, what the outside temperature was, what's the inside humidity was, and you can track it across time. So you can look at um, last month's bill the, bill, the month before last, the month before that, the month before that, and you can compare... How active your system has been over the past few months, and also how much they have algorithms to compute, how much money it's saving you. So if you had a regular dumb thermostat, you would probably be be spending more money, and it tells you, you know, roughly how much. So that's kind of cool.
1: So the Nest does. I mean, I wouldn't say it sounds. It sounds like the Nest doesn't do as granular. um, Mm I guess that's kind of the theme here, but it does offer similar kind of reports on like how long it was running on each day and why. So some days it'll be like it was running for you know two hours more than usual because you were home and you made it do that. And then other, on other days it might be like well it was colder than usual outside and that's why it was you know the heat was running. Um, but it sounds similar in that sense. Like I, and I do like those reports just because you know it's kind of fun to look at like how much energy you're using and that kind of stuff.
0: Oh yeah, that's oh. I'll do anything if there's if there's charts and graphs, I'm there.
1: <laughs> me too. So, do you know if there are other thermostats that are kind of like this or are these the two kind of It seems to me like these are the two main ones that people use.
0: As far as I know, um and it's not something that I'm, you know, like searching for products every single day on, but as far as I know, these are the two main ones. The Ecobee, well, the Ecobee has two models, but the Ecobee thermostats and the Nest are are the two main ones. Although if anyone who is listening has some smart thermostat picks that they know about that are totally cool, I'd love to hear about them.
1: Oh yeah, please send them in.
2: Lee, what have been the
0: financial outcomes of this? Have you saved money in your utility bills? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to say. I live in Houston, and during the winter, it just doesn't get that cold. So and during the summer it gets just so hot and you run the your air conditioner so much. I mean my electricity bill in the summer is generally between three and four hundred dollars a month. Now, <gasps> well, turn that around. My gas bill <laughs> in the winter horrifying. my gas bill in the winter is generally about twenty dollars. So, you know, it goes both ways.
1: I wouldn't say that my gas bill is particularly high ever though, and I live in Chicago where it's cold. Ah, so well there you go. In that sense I I guess I benefit. But has,
0: so has the thing like genuinely saved me money? Like, can I look at my electricity bills in the years before I bought it and in the year that I bought it and see a difference? Uh, You know, I mean, I guess I didn't necessarily buy it because I was looking for a more efficient thermostat that would save me money. I bought one so that I could have one that I could look at over the internet and turn on and off remotely and more importantly, program without having to, you know, break my brain dealing with these regular horrible programmable thermostats. It was more the ease of yeah. use rather than the efficiency.
1: That's a question I get a lot from ours readers as well about the nests. People are always asking me if I'm saving energy. And um, I mean, I honestly can't really say. It seems mostly the same year to year, but it, it's, it's exactly the same for me. Like I got it. Well, I got it as a review thing, but like I, you know, I keep it around because it's so convenient and you can change stuff from your iPhone and whatnot. I mean, I don't really, the energy savings is just kind of like a fun thing to look at. It's not really a huge motivator for me.
0: Yeah.
2: For for me, I would be curious about it for wear and tear when I have control over my thermostat. If I know I'm not going to be home for, let's say, a day or two, it would be nice to turn it off if I forgot through my phone or through the web. And that way, conserve it, because one of my biggest fears is actually the thing breaking down because it's constantly going, so I would definitely want one for those reasons, just to save it.
1: I have to admit one of the cool things that um I like to do is when I'm coming home from a trip or something and I'm on my way home from the airport, I can go onto the iPhone app and then tell it to turn the temperature up, so it's like nice and toasty when I get home so that's it's kind of nice, and then the same thing, you know, if I leave for vacation or something and I forgot to. You know set it to away or something I mean the nest will automatically set itself to away after a certain amount of time, but um, I could just go in there and set myself away so that's always nice what
2: what's the cost
0: on I think the, the I think cost that. on it uh is uh between three and four hundred dollars. I may be wrong, and I can double check but uh that is that is my memory of how much I pay for it now, granted I bought the system um it's been it's been a while I want to say two thousand eight is when I got it it maybe 2009, but I want to say 2008. So it's, it's been quite a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. I don't regret it. I, I do occasionally see like when I was reading Jackie's nest review, uh, and, and when I've read about the nest online, I, I do get a little bit of, of kind of gadget envy. It's like, well, I don't know that that looks kind of cool. Maybe I want that instead, but I have it's for the years that I've owned it. It's been totally solid. I've had no reason to to actually want to get anything else.
2: Do people ask you about it when they come? No, it's pretty unobtrusive.
0: I mean, when when the display's not on, it just looks like a thermostat. I mean, it's a little white box. It does have a big, um, uh, not capacitive, but the the other kind, the pokey kind of touchscreen display. Uh, and it's it's very bright color. But when it's off, it just looks like a thermostat. So, no, I haven't really had anybody ask me like, spy it on the wall and be like, ooh, what is that? Because it looks like a thermostat. <laughs>
1: sounds for exciting conversation too well let me please tell you about my thermostat
2: (laughs) well it seems to me that the television and dvrs got here first all the automation about television shows you want to incorporate into your life was there and with this you're right not everybody's going to ask about it because they don't see it but i think certainly if you were to say oh you know during the summer, I just don't think about it. The thing is just taking care of my, my needs for temperature control. I think that that's pretty cool. I, I, th- I think it's a good investment. Also to teach yourself how to use this stuff in your home.
0: Yeah, no, it is. I agree. Um, the You know, I wish, so kind of leading off from this, I do wish that it had more integration, though, with some of the other smart stuff I've got because I feel like I have all of these little islands of automation. Uh yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned X10, Jackie, because I was gonna bring that up just briefly that that, that used to be the thing, man. Everybody really? like they had the pop-up ads everywhere for the X10 cameras, but X that was like how most people knew about X10. But X10 was this entire, you know, programmable home automation system that you actually had to be pretty darn geeky to really get into. And this was, I mean, God, what, like ten years ago? More even, maybe. Um and now kind of you get people screwing around like with maybe Arduinos and, and constru- constructing their own home that yeah, their own home automation stuff. But for consumer gear, like stuff that regular people would buy and you know, generally I buy normal people's stuff. Uh, you know, I feel like I've got all these kind of isolated pockets. I have an internet enabled alarm system from, uh, they used to be called Ingrid, but now it's Life Shield, which I also read about on ours. Uh, Which does all kinds of cool stuff, but it also kind of exists in its own little isolated pocket. It doesn't talk to, uh, like, my uh, fire alarms or anything like that. And then I've got these Philips lights, and they're really cool, but they're kind of isolated over by themselves, too. Like, they don't talk to the alarm system, so if the alarm goes off, they don't tell the lights to turn on. And then there's the smart thermostat, and, you know, I've got all these little pockets, but I wish that I could make them all talk to each other.
1: Well, now, speaking of alarm systems, um, of course, now I can't remember the name of it, but um, my in-laws have an alarm system that does talk to their – it actually is – it's like an alarm and, like, thermostat system sort of in one, and then it also talks to the, the, you know, smoke detector and whatnot. So you could be out of the house, and it would alert you through your iPhone, like, someone opened the door here, or your house is on fire. Um, And then you can also change your thermostat so um I mean I've seen the UI for that and it's probably less cool than some of the other things I've seen but um they do make kind of more integrated ones. They they do. Yeah. And in that sense if you're looking for like a big sort of tied together system, I mean that I don't know could
0: be You kind still of cool. it just feels like so I've I've looked a little bit at talking about the one specifically I have the the uh, life shield ingrid system they do have smoke detectors and co2 detectors and i think they have a flood a flood moisture sensor to tell you if your house is flooding but still it it doesn't um and i don't want to mischaracterize so if anybody from the company is listening forgive me if i get this wrong but it doesn't feel like it's something that extends out outside of its ecosystem so there's not an easy like universal wireless protocol that i could use to tell my alarm system to hey if you get tripped if somebody opens the window, turn all the lights in the house on. And I wish there was. I wish there was this kind of universal, you know, like I guess it would almost be a Wi-Fi for, for home automation. It's the Wi-Fi would be the wrong term, but sort of a Wi-Fi analog for home automation where these gadgets had a universal language that they could all talk to each other.
1: I was also just reminded that um, Comcast is like just launching a new thing. It's tied into the Xfinity service where it's the same thing. It's like a home security type system. So like in addition to apparently being able to control your DVR, you can now also, I guess, like access, you know, information about whether people are coming or going and um, that, and I guess like see video if you set up a video camera. So um, it seems like the internet enabled s- sort of, like security stuff is taking off a lot. That stuff
2: is really great. Actually. I, the last place I lived had one of those systems and you could basically view through a website, the, the video feed. And there were, I think up until the time I left about five mm-hmm. video feeds you could get. And I think there was even one instance where there was a crime on that street and the police could have asked for the footage of that if we had decided to give it to them. But Uh, really kind of peace of mind to have that. It wasn't automated in any way, though. I mean, it's not like you could sort of have it check for things or use the motion control uh, in some specific way. It just, you had access to it, kind of, you know, Yeah, well, in the the system, I've... uh, That's kind of neat that Comcast is bundling that. How much does it cost, I, I wonder? This is the the question how much,
1: how much the show is every yeah, time how much does it cost but well, you know how Comcast is too. You never really can find out how it well it
0: varies and it varies costs. by market, so, so like, it will be a different price knows, a different yeah, price here than it is there. Yeah,
1: exactly so Lee, you reminded me of something when you were talking about how it would be cool to kind of just have all your lights turn on or something. If someone were to come in, like, couldn't you do that with, um, the light, the Phillips light bulbs now, if you were to write just like a script or something to plug into your little. Sure. Little
0: um, you got? would need, you'd need something to, to pick up the motion with. Uh, but it, but you could, you could oh, okay. get like a little Arduino or something and a, a little IR transceiver, uh, I think. And if the IR transceiver trips, you could have it send an HTTP request to the, to the Phillips hue lights and have them all come on. Sure. Um, <clears throat> there are uh, there are lots of options i mean the hue lights are totally cool because and i know uh, people have been down on like in the in the review that i posted and also in in comments i've gotten an email people are down on them because they're relatively expensive and they are i mean they're it's it's 200 bucks for the base set and 60 bucks a light but the open interface on them uh is really cool and on there's an unofficial uh hue web forum that people post Stuff that they're doing with the lights on and people are doing some really cool stuff uh, just by virtue of the fact that they can send signals to this thing and turn these lights on and off and control their colors. People are incredibly um, creative in what they've come up to do with, with some of these lights with the fact that you can make them do whatever you want.
1: So I know we've talked about this before, but are there other sort of Wi-Fi light bulbs like that, or is this the one? Yeah, the only so I mentioned on that a
0: little bit the last time we talked about this. So there, there is the biggest, the biggest other set of LED bulbs besides the Hue are, are probably the LifeX bulbs, L-I-F-X, LifeX, um, and they have a they just finished a very wildly successful Kickstarter. And they are still in the advanced engineering stages, but they they have not yet shipped a product. Um, and then there are a bunch of there are several other ones you can get. Uh, big instead of being getting LED lights that are in the shape of a regular light bulb, there are a couple of companies that sell multicolored LEDs as a flat, um, not like a rubber tube strip, but like a like a flat singular piece of plastic with different LEDs on them that you can like mount up underneath cabinets and stuff. Um, there's nothing really that has, at least that I've seen. There's nothing really that has the same level of extensibility and open access that the Hue does, though. Now there will be, if you fast forward it a year, um, I would be willing to bet that you'd have LifeX and at least one other big competitor on the market that that also have open APIs that you can program. But right now, um, the, the impression that I've got is that the Philips Hue lights are really the only the only game in town if you want something that you can buy. And it's not ridiculously expensive and you can start programming on like right now.
1: So um, we're going to shift a little bit here and talk about kind of other ways in which our lives are being automated because it's not just about things that you sort of build into your home. There's also, you know, uh, things like Wi-Fi scales are becoming more popular. And then, of course, everyone has apps on their iPhone and Androids and whatnot that just sort of monitor where you're going and what you're doing. And um, I know Cesar is really into that stuff. And you just bought a, a new um, Whiting scale, Cesar?
2: I, I sure did. It actually is on its way. <laughs> As we speak, the, the UPS man may be bringing it up to, to my place. And it's something I've been wanting to get for a long time.
1: So this is um, I have like an older version, but I think they just released in, they an. They were they were showing one, right? them at CES. Or, do you know? Yeah.
2: So the, the new the new model I actually did not purchase. The, the new model, which I believe was yep. uh, featured at CES, is a cheaper, more uh, price accessible version, oh, I and see. it's Wi-Fi enabled. It does all the cool tracking, which we'll talk about. But it does all the, the tracking that you want it to. But one thing that it did not feature was the body fat and body composition tracker. It, it you just can't get your body you know, fat percentage on that. I see. So and that's something I wanted. So yeah. I know
1: okay. So for those who aren't familiar with the uh the Wythings scale and actually Fitbit has a scale that's just like this as well. Um it's just a it's a scale. I mean, you stand on it and it tells you your weight. Um but the thing about the weighing scale and Fitbit scale is that um, it automatically transmits that data to the web or, you know, to your smartphone um, over Wi-Fi so that you can kind of access your trends without actually recording it. Um, at least that's why I like it. I don't like to have to, like, sit down and put my information in every day. It's just kind of automatically there so I can go to a website and see, you know, that I'm gaining weight for the holidays or I'm losing weight in the summer, that kind of thing. Is that? I mean, what did you – I know that you're into the body fat stuff, but is that why you bought it, Cesar?
2: Yeah, so let me let me mention a little bit about that. I mean, the, there's no question about it. At 160, this is kind of a luxury item, but for me, I justified it in this way. I've been tracking lots of data around my health for years, and I started with paper. And over time, I started using spreadsheets and other ways of tracking things like my weight and my running times. And this just kind of brought it all home. And the automation piece is actually... Has, let's put a let's clear it up. It's a little bit more about syncing, but a lot of it can actually be automated. So when you step on the, the the scale, you get on there. It tells you how much you weigh, your body fat, and there's even an armband that you can buy separately that you can track your blood pressure with. And immediately it sends through your Wi-Fi network and onto the web all your data to their website. Once it's there, then you can get these great looking charts and track all of that stuff. Up until then it's pretty cool, right? You know, it's just like this cool device. What they've done that I really like is they've partnered up with other companies or they've opened up their API for other developers to tap into this data. So for example, and here's where like I start getting really into it. So I'm going to get excited everybody. If you use things like RunKeeper, which is for tracking your running mileage, or Daily Mile, which I also use for tracking my running mileage, you can combine those with the scale data, and then suddenly you know what you weighed on that day and how much you ran. And if you're losing weight and you're getting results, you can really see that graphically over time. So in that sense, it's really great. It also works with other apps like WeightBot, which some people may be familiar with. It does really beautiful graphing, but now that you have this Wi-Fi-enabled scale, you can get all that data in there. So for people who really get into the number crunching and kind of visualizing some of these results and the analytics, it is like a dream come true. And sure enough, the body fat piece is that is part of my goals. For this year, I just wanted to kind of improve my body composition. And without getting too anxious about it, I thought, well, I actually have to record it. I can't get around it. I, I don't want to, but I should. And with this, I thought, I'm going to save myself a ton of time by not having to enter all this stuff into the individual websites that I use.
1: So the thing that, especially ours readers, I feel, ours readers are constantly pointing this out to me, is that um, body fat scales, and this is not just applying to the Y-things or Fitbit scale, but just kind of in general, they're less accurate when it comes to body fat measurements than, say, like a caliper method or whatever. I mean, does that bother you at all?
2: Yeah, I, I want to clear this up, because I'm really doing this for health reasons, right, and and for enjoyment of my running, I am okay with that margin of error. And I've read on some sites and reviews of these products that the margin can be huge. I mean, sometimes it's anywhere from like 3% to 5% off. But for me, I'm willing to try it out and see if I can just get something that's a fairly consistent reading. That's what I'm aiming for. I know it'll tell me my weight accurately. The body fat, obviously, the best way to test it is supposed to be a tank where they can have you float in there. And the calipers are really good. But this was sort of the next best thing because I don't have the time or the money to be going to get tested that way. And with this, as long as it's somewhat consistent and I can see a trend over time, I'm okay with that. I don't. I'm not looking for six pack abs, everybody. I don't like six pack abs.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
2: so this is actually just supposed to help my health and my goals. Like, it just I wanted to help me feel good when things are kind of improving over time. It doesn't have to be super accurate.
1: Now, something that um, that Clint, my husband, now pointed out is that he, with the Wything scale in particular, you can set it up so that the website tweets for you if you want it to. You don't have to. Um, and so he has it tweet like every. Saturday, and so he said that you know it'll tweet whatever was your last weigh-in. So like, if he's having a particularly bad weigh-in, he tries to get in like a better weigh-in before the before Saturday before the tweeting day comes <laughs> around. Do you think? Are you gonna have it tweet for you?
2: This is what I'm concerned about. That it's it's uh, well, let me answer your question first. At first, I'm not gonna do that because I I'm not self-conscious about my weight, everybody. But it's more about I don't want to start obsessing about the the fine numbers. I think. In a week, there's a lot that can happen, but in a month or three months, then suddenly you see real results. And so if it lets me set it up for tweeting every month, every three months, that is something I would definitely do, because I think then you're not obsessing about the day-to-day stuff. Week by week, I I think I would just be disappointed. You know, what if I just ate something really rich or yeah, exactly. salty and I'm retaining water? I, I mean, that's, it ain't cute. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, too, you can't put, like, a, a cat or something on the scale for you because the scale figures out who you are based on um, your body composition.
2: Uh, yeah, and, you know, I haven't actually received the scale. It's really on its way today. But I've read that as a tip, and maybe our listeners can tell us if this is true, that you should wet your feet on a towel because then the it does it measures it through electrical current in your body. So if you have sort of moist or wet feet, you'll get a better reading. And that's something I'm going to try from the beginning so that I have scientific, consistent data.
1: Huh, I didn't know that, actually, about the wet feet. I pretty much always have wet feet in the bathroom, so... There you go. I guess that makes sense. So you talked about how you like how it ties into um, your various apps that you use. Um, Do you use, I mean, do you use multiple apps with it? Or, Or, I mean, I guess you don't have it yet, but do you plan to use multiple apps with it?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked about that because at their website through why things you can get an account without having the actual product and they let you track your activity, your diet, your weight. So I signed up for an account way before I got the scale and I was able to poke around and see what it was going to work with in terms of my own apps. And I'm really happy with it. I mean, let me walk you through a scenario. Basically it will remind me here's the automation part. It will remind me every day at a certain time to weigh myself. And I think that's kind of cool. Cause I, have busy days and sometimes I will forget. So it's going to remind me. Once I do, it's going to send that information of my weight to Weightbot, which is neat. It'll send it to Runkeeper, I believe. We'll test this out. And that's the weigh-in part for the day. So far so good. Then when I go running or I do a workout, it will combine all that data and I believe it will share it back to the wythings website and I'll also be able to track my running data there. So I actually have consistent data about through about three websites that I use of all my mileage, my pace, and that to me is wonderful. I don't have to re-enter or upload a CSV file full of all that information. For some of you listeners, you may be thinking, this person is insane. Who Who's uploading like CSV files over their running time into websites? But there are many of us, believe me. It's a little army of, of uh, committed people and uh, – I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it because it's actually going to save me a lot of time.
1: So um, this just reminded me that there are um, there are other apps that have come out recently that sort of aim to sort of replace thing little gadgets like the Fitbit. That also, in addition to counting, you know, where you're going and that kind of thing, they also count your steps. Um, so it basically acts like as a pedometer without you having to really do anything or even have any extra gadgets. Um, So that kind of thing is kind of cool too. It's sort of like Runkeeper, except it's kind of more running in the background. Well, I wanted
2: to ask you, Jackie. You might have looked at these in more detail, but there is one that our editor in chief actually showed us yesterday. Ken showed us this wristband that has like an LED readout, and it has.
1: Oh yeah, that's the Nike one.
2: (laughs) He just rocked it out, and his it dinged. It, It reminded him of something. And so this notification comes up and it said, you've reached your goal of this many steps or activity in a day. It was actually like total activity because it can actually measure movements that are beside, you know, different than uh, than walking. And uh, I thought that was pretty neat. I, that might make me obsess a lot more, though, having it on my wrist all the time. I don't think I would like that. But it was a really cool gadget.
0: Do you no, have one of those, Lee, I, I No, I don't. I've got I've got a couple of different I have a Fitbit, um, and then I have a a GPS watch of Garmin Forerunner four oh five that I use for running. Uh but no but no fuel band. Um and in a lot of a lot of cases, the dedicated hardware, the hardware that that is like built to task, does work a little better than some of the generalized stuff. So like the um uh like the uh the runkeeper app on on the iphone that uses the iphone or android or whatever's built in uh, gps i found to be not as accurate as like a dedicated gps watch so in some cases it's it's a hell of a lot more convenient just to have everything in one device but in some cases you also do sacrifice accuracy
1: well also I you think sacrifice that's spot on. sorry um, also, you sacrifice battery life because these apps, when they're running in the background, they suck your battery like right. like crazy. Like this app I was just talking about, it's called Moves. Um, apparently, it just drains your battery. And like with me, RunKeeper, like I'm always forgetting to turn off <laughs> RunKeeper. And then, you know, like two hours later, my battery's completely dead. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, right. There's an app pulling my location every half second in background. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff, like kind of dedicated gadgets can help to mitigate mm-hmm. that. But I always worry about forgetting it or losing it. Like I had a Fitbit for a while, but then um, I don't even know where it is now. So (laughs) (laughs) So there's that.
2: Well, well, that's my take on things. I try to not accumulate tons of gadgets. This may make no sense, but it's true. I I don't like to have too many. And having control over some of this data and the app using my, my phone's technology is is really great for me. Because I can just run with it. I can have my podcast or that I listen to while I run. And then when I'm done it it just sends that data for me. But um not everybody's the same. Some people want multiple gadgets. So I can appreciate that
1: you know I haven't followed this stuff too closely, so I'm I hope I don't say anything dumb. But um how how does something like the fuel band differ from the Fitbit and um What's the other one? The jawbone up. Do you guys know?
0: No, I I don't. the The first time I had seen a Fuel band was when Ken, um, he was wearing it at at CES too, and he whipped it out at dinner. He was like, "Check this out!" And it, you know, it glows on his arm. It looked almost like the way that the the way that like the uh, the letters scroll across with the LEDs it's got. It looked like that. Um, uh, what was the movie? Uh, with with uh, Justin Timberlake, that came out where he's like got like his his life clock implanted on his arm, and he has like he runs out of you get paid in time. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway,
0: uh,
1: I think it's called some, like something. Out of like, time it looked totally
0: like that. We were like, oh man, that looks cool. Uh, but as far as the actual differences go, I mean, they all have little uh, little gyroscopes and and. Um, uh, little measurement thingies inside of them and they tell what direction and duration of, of movement. I know the Fitbit is supposed to be able to differentiate between whether you're walking or running or climbing stairs. Um, But I, uh, when I, when I would use mine and I don't use mine anymore either, but um, uh, the movie is called In Time. Thank you, Cesar. Uh, the, uh, when I would use mine, it would tell me like i would come to the end of the day and it'd be like you climbed 88 stairs today and i'd be like really cuz there were no stairs in my house today so i don't know where that came from so i mean it's it depends on how you move your body around and and how accurate things are and um Ken really though seems to love his fuel band so maybe that one is maybe that one's good
2: yeah i think with a lot of these motion based gadgets or apps until we have Software that can really recognize your individual movements—you'll you'll, you'll get a lot of that. But it's useful in a pinch. Sometimes you just want to know that you were moving about. If you spent the whole day watching television, <laughs> you know that, thats I don't want to look at my Fitbit. Itself, tell me but, that I'm uh, lazy. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know. I mean, th- these things help a lot. But I should also note, and I talk to Jackie all the time about this: is I'm in this particular season tracking my data more but I've gone through many other periods in life where I just take a break I don't record everything I'm not like obsessing about it I think it's good to go on and off every once in a while but I'm back on everybody
1: I agree with that that having so much data available to you is it's really fun to look at and you like to you know look at the charts and that kind of stuff but um, it's the same with me like sometimes it kind of burns me out and I just need to take a break from it so I guess that's the downside to having your whole life automated.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's it's sort of about, I think, goals. Even with automation of your house, if, if you are trying to save money or maybe have a more comfortable environment for your, your children or pets in the house, then these things, I think, really take you there. And same with the fitness stuff. If your goal is to lose weight or to run a faster 5K that data is where you sort of learn, like if you're really going to do it, but otherwise if you just enjoy running or you enjoy turning on your light switch, not a problem. You can just live without it.
1: Okay. Well, I think on that note, uh, we may as well wrap up. So thank you guys as always for listening. And um, as usual, you can leave us reviews on iTunes and uh, I always forget the other places. Cesar will remind me.
2: SoundCloud.
1: SoundCloud, yes, SoundCloud.
2: And we have a fat RSS feed where you can get all the episodes. And don't forget, if you go to the show notes on the Ars Technica website, you can listen to the show without having to subscribe to anything. You just hit play on that box, and you can hear every episode.
1: Yes. So thank, thank you guys for being on the show as well. Thanks, Lee and Cesar, for Absolutely. joining me and talking about nerdy home automation stuff. And um, we'll be updating you guys on the site, I'm sure, with any new and cool things that we buy or are randomly sent. (laughs) All right, thanks. Thank Thank you. See ya.